She's passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, obviously, I'm not Autumn. I'm Eddie, her husband, and this is our beautiful family. And this weekend was Autumn's birthday, and we just wanted to take a second to say, babe, we love you. We would absolutely fall apart without you. We need you. You are the best mom, the best wife anyone could ever ask for. So, Moses... What would you say is one thing that you love about mommy? That she's the best mom. She is the best mom, absolutely. Haven, what's one thing that you love about mommy? She's the sweetest mom ever. Sweetest. Grace, what would you say the best thing you love about mom? I love how protective my mom is and how she would do anything for me and all of the children. That's good. Jude, last but not least. Uh, I love how my mom never quits. Even when something's tough, she always perseveres. That's amazing. Okay, guys, on the count of three. One, two, three. Happy birthday! Oh, my goodness. That was so sweet. Thank you to my husband and thank you to my children. I just turned 40. I am 40 years old. I've actually been looking forward to this for... I would definitely say for the last couple of years, you know, once you turn 35, it's kind of like, wow, I'm like in my late 30s. And a couple of years ago, I really got excited about it just because of the significance of the number 40 in the Bible. And I will talk a lot more about that on our next show. So be sure you turn in because we're going to hit the word of God pretty, pretty hard. But just to celebrate my own birthday, which is kind of awkward and I'm feeling a little weird and kind of insecure and it's really playing on every weird feeling that I have, we're going to celebrate it today on my own podcast. I have asked a couple of my friends that could not be more different to come on, but both of them I've been friends with for a really long time. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to everyone that you are seeing in the screen and that you will hear from today. Cassie is going to help me out with some of the more awkward questions that I really didn't want to ask myself. So Cassie Mayer, you guys know her, you love her, you see her all over my social. We also have Lisa Holmesley. Now, Lisa Holmesley and I have been friends for 13 years, Lisa? I think so. Almost, maybe almost 14 now. Maybe. We're like in the teenage years of friendship. Aww. This is beautiful. <laughs> she is very different from me, but you know what? We are also a lot alike too. Mm -hmm. Like we're very yeah. different in some areas, but we're a lot alike. So I have her coming on and then I have my girl, Jessica Youngblood on. <laughs> And we've been friends now for how long has it been? Maybe nine, eight, nine, eight, years, eight or nine, nine years, yeah. something mm -hmm. like that. So we've been friends for a long time. And just really in the last couple of years, our friendship has kind of grown and blossomed. And, you know, now I talk to you on a regular basis. On the daily. Uh, on the daily. <laughs> but we're going to talk about things as we all three are 40 now. What we wish we would have known. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, what we wish we would have known before we had kids. 
what we wish we would have known before we got married or maybe before we, Jessica, I know me and you have uh, launched ministries from nothing, you know, what we wish we would have known and what God has taught us. So that's going to be happening in our later segment, but I brought Cassie on because she's got some questions. Go ahead, girl. I do. First of all, you guys are like girl gang goals, obsessed with it. This is so fun. I'm so excited. First of all, I want to know, I've had the pleasure of sitting in the same room as Lisa and Autumn. And I just want to know, how did you guys meet? I was praying for a while that God would bring a relationship into my life. And I think more specifically, I was praying for my husband. He needed strong male influence that was godly influence in his life. He had lots of guy friends, but he needed a strong male who would be like a brother that he would challenge him spiritually, um, that he wouldn't back down from that, but that would be like a brother. Cause he, he is such a good brother. Anyway, I prayed for that. And I, I kind of, as I was praying for him, I prayed for myself that God would bring me a sister. I have, I'm one of four girls in my family, but I still, I was praying for a, a sister friend who would be close like that, but who would also challenge me spiritually. And then what did you know? My husband was volunteering in the junior high department at our church and Eddie, which is Autumn's husband, came in for an interview and <laughs> Autumn got to come with him. They spoke and then there was like a little lunch afterwards and we just connected with him. We invited him over to our house that day, like really strangely, like offered to take him back to their hotel or like, hey, you can come to our house and just hang out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. That could have been really weird and creepy, but, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, it, <could've> been. <laughs> but, but it wasn't. And we just like the four of us just immediately connected. Eddie ended up getting the position and the four of us our friendship built from there. And it was, it was really easy to connect with them. It was really comfortable to connect with them. It was definitely, or just ordained. I felt like God brought them, the four of us together and we laughed harder than I've ever laughed with anybody else. And (laughs) we've cried and all that stuff, but it was just a, it was because I prayed for it. I love that. I think that's so sweet. Well, I would story. hope it'd be a true story. It was crazy. <laughs> I remember sitting. So we, so Eddie was candidating, which is what, which yeah. is church talk for interviewing at yeah. a church. So he's candidating at this church in Phoenix. And I'm like, I'm, I sit down in between Chad and Lisa. I have no idea that they're married. And I'm like, Hey guys, what's up? You know, Eddie's doing his little thing. And I can't remember which one I asked first, but I'm like, so are you married? And might have been Lisa, and she was like, "Yes, to him." And he was sitting on the other side of me, like, "Oh, so you guys are so I'll just why am I sitting in between?" It was like super Fine. awkward. But if that does not define like our whole relationship, it's been yeah. so hilarious, fun. Yeah. It's been challenging. I've told Lisa things that I mean. Oh my gosh. I haven't even told my mom some of the stuff, you know, I mean, she's just, she's just tried and true. She's just been there for a long time. She was there when I was praying for what I'm doing now. And it's, it's really amazing to see what God has done uh, just in our relationship. And then there's Jessica. Yeah. Yes. Tell me how you guys met in like a little snapshot. (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you in a snapshot. All right. Okay. Okay. So we just went to this new church. It was a church plant and a movie theater. And there was this blonde headed, cute lady with, I think she had two kids at the time. Yeah. All these blonde headed people with their Louis Vuitton and just put together. And I thought, man, I wish I could be her friend. And I'm from a small town. So all this big stuff was so exciting to me. But then Getting to know her, the authenticity of who she is, 
has just been really special to me. And it's nothing like that first meeting. It was just so far away from me. I thought she was so far out of my reach. But then it's so cliche, I know, but it's, I think God has so much more in store and she's just inspired me to find mm. and truly be who God created me to be. So I love my relationship with Jessica. I think it's been so, it's been, it's taken such a, a bunch of twists and turns mm -hmm. over the years. They recently moved out of town to Texarkana and planted their own church, her and her husband out there. And I mean, we were friends before that, but there's something about praying for people that I've always been so, like, it's such a privilege to me to pray with people through things that are incredibly difficult. And I knew when she went off to Texarkana, I mean, I had been praying for them in other ways, but I was like, oh my goodness, we need to surround her and her husband. Mm -hmm. And she has four kids herself just with prayer. And man, our relationship has really taken lots of, it just blossomed from there. It's, it's just blossomed. It makes scripture true because yeah. the intimacy you feel with me is because you've went to the war room with for me. Yeah. And I think the same thing with Lisa as well is you have been that praying person to see yeah. miracles in our lives. And so it's grown us all closer than we ever could have dreamed or imagined. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I don't have close friends in my life that prayer is not a key element. I don't have time for it. I mean, I love a lot of people. I have, I know a lot of people, but prayer is really the tie that binds when you go in the trenches, just like you said, Jessica with somebody and you, you fight for their marriage, for their kids, for their yeah. ministry. I mean, Lisa, how long did we fight for your children? Like 15, 15 years. years. Like it was forever. <laughs> yeah. It changes that it, dynamic of, of the relationship and it becomes even something bigger than yeah. a friendship. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a soul tie that you have with someone. I agree. Okay. So you guys uh, hold tight. You join me back after the break and we are going to talk about what we wish we knew by the time we were 40. This is my 40th birthday podcast celebration. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. And welcome back from the break, you guys. Thank you for hanging in. I've got my girls with me today. 
two polar opposites, you would say, but both equally amazing in their own right. Lisa Holmesley, she has been my friend forever, 13 years, I think. And Jessica Youngblood has been my buddy for eight or nine years. We need to figure out the exact time. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. But here we sit. I just turned 40 on Saturday, you guys. I cannot believe it. I'm here. Lisa, you are already over 40, right? Yes. You're like, yes, I am. You're like way. No, I'm just kidding. Jessica, you just turned 40 in August. Yeah. Welcome to the club. How are you feeling about turning 40? Oh, I'm living my best life. (laughs) I'm embracing it. You 40 is well. not as bad as... They didn't look like we used no. 40 didn't look like this back in my day. Like, 40 looks good today now, right? 40's the new hotness. Like, I don't know what they were doing back in the day when they were turning 40, but they didn't look like us. <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone that is way past 40 that is listening today. I'm just going to apologize on behalf of Jessica Youngblood. She does that. That's why she's on the podcast. She's entertaining. That's what she is. So here we are and we're, we're 40 and I got to tell you, there has been a lot. I mean, I would say 20, you know, once you get past college or just that age, you kind of, sometimes you think, you know, everything. And I think I was one of those people where Mm -hmm. you're just like, I got it. Like I got the rest of my life. I know. And then I got married and got divorced. And so, wow, I didn't know a lot. And Mm -hmm. I think we've all kind of struggled and had our own issues after college age. And I think this is such a great opportunity for us to talk to people that are not 40 yet. Okay. Maybe they're 25. Maybe they have a young family. Maybe they have little kids. Maybe they're thinking about going into ministry. Jessica, I really want to hit that because we have a lot of ministry leaders that listen. Maybe they're thinking about getting married. Maybe they're in a bad marriage and Mm -hmm. they're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I want to just kind of hit that from a perspective of this is what I wish someone would have told me Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, three years ago. Okay. Because you do feel like you do start owning yourself when you get a little bit older. Like I'm, I'm really proud of a lot of things that I've done. And I don't think I would have said that when I was 30 years old. I don't think I would have said, wow, I'm really proud of this. You know, there's something that develops as you get older that you're like, you know what? I am proud of it. I worked hard for that. God went before me. I am not going to like, you know, have this false sense of modesty. Like God has done this in my life and I'm proud of it. So I think as you get older, you become more secure just in the Lord, just in your relationships Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So Lisa, I'm going to go to you. What is something as we were even talking about planning this podcast, what's something that stuck out to you where you thought, wow, I wish someone would have told me this by the time I was, you know, before I turned 40. I wish someone would have told me this when I was younger. Uh, I think there was lots of different things I was thinking through. And I would say one of the biggest ones I think I've really realized over the last couple of years, especially with the culture of our nation, with the culture of the world, what's going on, but especially in relationship with each other is to really celebrate each other's uniqueness. Mm. Yeah. Um, Autumn, you and I are not the same people. We have a lot in common and we do a lot of things the same way. But in reality, you're way more like my husband and I'm way more like your husband, which is one of the reasons the four of it's like the it's one of the reasons the four of us get along so so well together. But I think 
I can see the things in you and celebrate mm. that those are different than, than who yeah. I am. And I don't have to feel jealous about that. I think, I think when I was younger, I felt a lot of jealousy or maybe not even jealousy, but sometimes I would feel down about myself because I couldn't be those things or didn't see that I was even valuable enough to be certain mm. things. But mm. I can see that in other people and respect and honor and, and celebrate that. I think finding relationships where they can do the same for in, in me and they can see that our differences is part of what makes our relationship work so well. Mm-hmm. And the relationships that I'm in, I don't want to be around a bunch of people who think exactly like me, yeah. look exactly like me, and are always going to say yes to everything I say, you know, yes or no to. I, I want mm-hmm. people that are going to speak differently into my life than I would think about. And that's one of the things I've really been thankful, I think, with you, Autumn, over the years, is that you have spoken hard things into my life. Many and times. vice versa. And vice versa. But I mean, many times you, that those, that that's an okay thing to do. Yeah. Instead of being afraid to do that, or in front, instead of being afraid to receive that even, that it's okay to be different. And it's okay to, to think differently mm-hmm. and approach things differently. And I really value that now that I'm in my forties. I really value the differences in, in other people and, and, and to value that people change. That's yeah. the other part of that is that who they were when they were 20 or 30 isn't who they are at 40. And that's okay. We can still celebrate that in each other. I love that you brought that up. I love the fact that my close group of friends is completely different. I've got yeah. some in ministry. I've got some not in ministry. I mean, Lisa, you're, you were a part of the ministry for a long time. Yeah. And now, you know, you kind of step back to do everything else that God has called you to do. But I love that. And I do think you are dead on, you know, when you're 25, 26, 27, 30, even in your early 30s, there's almost like a competitiveness that you may have with someone rather than competing with someone, celebrate the fact that they are different, celebrate the fact that they have different gifts than you do. And that is, I will have to say, that's one of my favorite things about our relationship is that we, we, now we are a lot alike because I think we think a lot alike about about things, (laughs) but our gifts are very different. Yeah. And your gift and my gift are equally as important. They're equally mm-hmm. as vital in the, in the kingdom yeah. of God. Yeah. They need to be celebrated. We need everyone in the body. And rather than thinking, man, I wish I had that, or I wish I didn't have that, or, or I wish I wasn't like this, celebrating the differences of people around you, especially yeah in the polarizing world that we live in right now. It is disgusting to me that people, you agree with this person, this political Mm. figure, this political figure, but we can't be friends. Are you kidding me? Jesus is the tie that binds and he has created everyone in the body of Christ for a purpose. Mm. I love that, Lisa. That is so good. Jessica, what would you add? Dude, I think this is so crazy. I see where the direction the Lord's taken this is just celebrating each other. And I think that was what was so beautiful with me and you. When we met each other, we were both birthing something in our own worlds. We were both birthing out of nothing, birthing out of the ashes, a ministry that God had laid on our heart for years. And so we were in the middle of that. And what did you do? You invited Mm -hmm. me to speak on your stage. (laughs) You you know, I remember that. You invited me to your book launch. What did I do? I showed up. And that's Mm -hmm. what we have to understand. We have to celebrate people. We have to show up for people and we have to not be in competition with them because you're doing something totally different. Why can't I support what you're doing? And why can't you support what I'm doing? 
Mm-hmm. And it's just this beautiful dance that we have had mm-hmm. and we've watched each other be successful in our own ways. Yeah. And it's been so beautiful in that. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what I wish I could tell people is the friendships that God wants you to have are probably the ones you don't want to have at first mm-hmm. are probably the ones that you're feeling like, Oh, if I become mm-hmm. friends with them, they may be more successful than I am. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably the ones God wants you to be friends with Mm. because you're going to learn something. You're going to get to cheer them on when they write their third book. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just, just been such a journey to watch you, but also a journey of watching you never change. Mm. And, Mm. you know, and I think that that's, what's been so beautiful is that you've always known who you are, but I just turned 40 a month ago, but it's so exciting. What you just become even more secure of like, I'm going to be who I'm going to be. Yeah. I've already lived 40 years. I'm going to live probably another 40 and I'm about to party on <laughs> with the Lord, you know, not you right. know, getting too crunk. Of course I got, <laughs> you know, but we still have a good time and we still, yeah. if you have breath in your lungs, you're a miracle. Yeah. If you have a heartbeat in your chest, you're living. Yeah. You're walking miracle. Let's stop waiting for the next big miracle to celebrate. Let's celebrate today. I love that. One of the things that I've really uh, sort of adopted, I felt like the Lord laid it on my heart one day is I don't want anything God has for you. I don't want anything God has for you. I don't want anything God has for you. I don't, Jessica, I don't want anything God has for you, but I want 100% of what God has for me. And I think we think that that God is just going to give Lisa something that maybe you should have, or maybe Jessica's going to take something that he set apart for me. No. When the Israelites went into the promised land, Joshua divvied up the promised land, each one according to their inheritance. Mm, I want you to have a hundred percent of what God has for you. And I'm going to take everything God has for me. And when you understand that God is big enough to give us all success, to give us all great marriages, to give us all awesome kids, to give us all the big houses and the things and the whatever. When you look at your life like that, man, it takes so much drama out of it when you're younger. Oh my (laughs) goodness. much drama. We think there's only a certain amount. It's unlimited and measurably more than we can ask or imagine. What is something you and Chad have been married for how long? Like 65 years or something like that? (laughs) Like a really long time? Basically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We hit our 19 years this last June. We'll hit 20 this next Oh my well, we're going to have to celebrate that girlfriend. I didn't realize Ooh. that you guys, that was mm-hmm. forever. So <laughs> half of your life, half of my life, you've been married to Chad. Talk to that person. You know, people I feel like are getting married a little bit later. My sister just got married. She's 41, mm-hmm. but talk to that person that is like, what do I need to know before I get married? You know, mid thirties, late twenties, something like that. What is something that I need to know? What do I need to put into place? before I get married. I, one, I would say, make sure if you are going to get married to somebody, make sure you do your counseling with your pastor, with a pastor, with some sort of biblical leader in your life, do the marital premarital counseling because it's important. It's really important. And it's important who you choose too. I think I just chose who the pastor of our church was and it was great, but I would definitely, I think I would choose a little differently if I were to get to, to do that again. But I, the biggest thing I would say is that you are marrying somebody else who is different and and sins in different ways. And you're both coming in to the relationship and to the marriage with what your expectations and what you think marriage will be like. And genuinely, that's not necessarily what God has in store for you. Mm. And I think we often think that if it's going to get hard or if it might get hard, but we don't understand how hard marriage is Mm. and how much you have to fight for your marriage and how much Mm. you're going to have to pray for your marriage. And 
how angry you're going to get and how sad you're going to get and, and hurt because of how much life you walk through with that mm. person. And so I think we often want to take the easy way and just be like, okay, I'm done with that person. I don't want to talk or, or you maybe act childishly towards that person because like for, for my instance, my husband and I have been together since we were 16 and 17 years old. So we were, we were dating in high school, high school sweethearts. There's habits that we carried over into our marriage from Mm. our high school, who we were in high school. And we still to this day, almost 20 years in struggle with some of those things because we forget that, God gave us each other mm-hmm. and God designed us to be married to one another. And we are called to respect and love and honor each other. And that's hard. That's really, I mean, just honestly, the, the human nature of it, that's really hard. Sometimes you don't feel like it at all times. I don't feel like being honorable at all times. I think sometimes you don't really dream past the wedding mm-hmm. or maybe yeah. the first year of marriage. Right. You know, you just think, wow, it's going to be great and this and that and whatever. But then after year seven, <laughs> I mean, I've been married 16 years. Jessica, you guys have been married. Is it 17, 17. years? 17 mm-hmm. years. Oh. You think, wow, this is forever. And how am I going to maintain this forever? Because after seven years, sometimes after a week, you realize, oh my goodness, I'm married to someone who's sinful. I married a person that is not Jesus. How am I going to keep that going? So Lisa, why don't you talk about that? And then I've got something I want to talk to Jessica about. Talk about when maybe there is someone that's listening that is like, wow, I'm going through a rough patch. I've been married for three years. What do I do? Because I feel like things are crumbling around me. How do I maintain this from someone that's been married for 19 years? I think it kind of goes back to our last conversation a little bit as well. One, don't try to compare your spouse or your marriage Mm. to anything that you see online, in a TV show, movie, whatever, on Pinterest. I I don't care where you see it. Or even in your other, like your friendships and things like that. Sometimes I think it's easy for us to look at other relationships and we only see the public side of people. And so we're like, I wish my husband could be as sweet or as genuine or as, you know, generous or, you know, as, as that husband is to their wife or, you know, all those things. So that not getting into the stuck in that comparison. But I think so when, when my husband and I have hit our roughest patches and in almost 20 years, there have been some really, really rough patches Yeah, and not completely on the fault of our marriage, but sometimes because of outside circumstances. I, for, for me, my mom died three years ago and that took a personal hit to who I was mm. in every way. And I'm still recovering in a lot of ways from that. I feel like Satan really used that time to attack mm. our marriage and mm. to attack our relationship. And I don't know, things I thought I would never consider all of a sudden seemed reasonable at that time. And, mm. and thank God for friends who pray for me and, and for yeah. us, because we pushed in Autumn with you and Eddie. We pushed in with you guys. We pushed in with my sister and her husband, who's, the, who's our pastor and our missional community leadership. We pushed in and, and we were vulnerable. We chose to be vulnerable with you guys. Mm. Um, so we didn't share our news with the entire world, but we shared it with, with those that we knew God had called to be a part of our life, to speak into our life. And we asked you to pray with us, to pray for us. And we got counseling. Mm. So if you're in that position right now, counseling is not a bad thing, whether it's premarital counseling or whether it's in the middle of your marriage. It was a huge thing for us to be able to hear how God, not just how God sees our marriage and how God sees our struggle, but really to have some outside voice of mm. here's when Chad says this, this is what he's saying, trying to say to you and how you can hear it, even if it doesn't sound like that. And Lisa, when, when you say this or when you hear this, this is what that looks like. And having that biblical counsel 
that really gave us the help that we needed to push through the hardest parts of our marriage and come out on the other side where we're, we're trusting and grateful and, and love each other so much more because of what we went through. Lisa, let me, let me just say this. It's crazy in this year of Corona. I just heard that that divorces are up 38%. And, you know, I think sometimes we look at divorce and we think, wow, it would just be easy. At least Mm -hmm. society tells us it'd just be so easy to, you know, just kind of call it quits and go ahead and, and file the paperwork or whatever. But what I'm hearing you say, and what I think will really minister to people is that when you take your marriage vows, if you do the traditional ones, like we did (laughs) good times and in bad, it's not good times and in good, it's good times and in bad and sickness and in health. And I think that sometimes we get into year two, three, four, five, whatever, 10, whatever it is. And we forget that our vows were good times in and bad. And we have a God that has given us incredible tools for us to navigate the bad, the good we got. Okay. The good (laughs) we can handle. It's the bad that we have to bring in reinforcements. I say this all the time. It is naive to think if you have any marriage of longevity whatsoever, that you are not going to come to a point where you, you don't need help. We all at some point, it's naive. That is not thinking with wisdom. At some point, we are going to need friends. We are going to need a counselor. We are going to need a pastor. We are going to need guidance. We are going to need to course correct ourselves because we as the spouse are not perfect. And I think someone needs to hear today that, hey, if your marriage is rough today, listen, God is working. He is there. There are resources available. Pause before you go file the paperwork because you are living Lisa, and we we walk very closely with you, that you can come out the other side and you can be better for it. Better. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Jessica, I want to go to you and I want you to talk about kids. I know that uh, um, Jazzy is your fourth, but you also have three other ones. And having kids, especially four kids, I'm in the four kid club too, but I want you to talk to that mom that's just starting off and she's thinking, I don't know if I can do this. This yeah. is hard. How do I make it through? I love that. Yeah. So I didn't have an example. My mom left me when I was eight months old. So I never had an example of a mom. So when I got pregnant at 19, I didn't know how to be a mom. And it was so much pressure on that. And I thought I had to be perfect that I ended up getting on drugs and walking away from it altogether. Long story short, God redeemed that. I had three more beautiful kids. But as that journey comes along, seasons don't last forever. I think Mm. any young mom needs to know that when you are smelling like soured milk and throwed up on all day and you don't know if you're even going to make it to the next day or not, just know that season's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. The diapers stop coming. They get potty trained. They go to school. (laughs) But Also, then you go through the teenage years and that's a whole other thing. I think, you know, we think the baby stages are so hard, but I'm telling you, teenage years is a whole different ball game. It ain't no joke. Especially (laughs) with social media and girlfriends and, you know, boyfriends and all this stuff. And I think, you know, I have my kids range from age 20 to almost four. So in one season, I'm going through all different seasons. It goes back to what Lisa said. We can't compare our parenting to someone else's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we had to make that decision to move our kids from their community and from their comfort zone, what we realized is we could not 
teach them anything if we weren't obedient to God. Mm-hmm. So wow, when God yeah. said go, we yeah. knew we had to go no matter how uncomfortable it was for all our kids or all yeah. our places. But what we're seeing in the last two years since we moved and started this church is they've learned to navigate change. Mm-hmm. And as the whole world saw in 2020, change yeah. is coming. Yeah. You're either going to get ready for it or not, <laughs> but it's coming. Yeah. That's not how you planned out. It's mm-hmm. going to change. There's going to be curveballs thrown. But what I want to encourage the person who doesn't think they're going to make it through it, my younger self, it doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. And then when you adjust to the changes and adjust to the new season, that's when you see the beauty in it. Mm-hmm. And your beauty will look different than somebody else's beauty, but you have to be thankful for what beauty you have. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody else is praying for the life you have, mm-hmm. and here you are complaining, yeah. So I think just embrace the change, embrace the season you're in and embrace what God has given you and know that one day you'll look back on these memories and think it's the best time of your life. I love that. Seasons don't last forever. They come and they go and every season builds on top of the other one. If I didn't have a season of sewing, just, just transitioning into ministry talk, if I didn't have a season of sewing where I did the work of sewing, there's no way I would have reaped what I've seen in the last five years. Right. Um, there's no way I would have been on the stages and things like that, that I've seen in the last five years. Every season builds off one another, but we all want the harvest season. We all yeah. want our kids to be godly. We all want a great marriage. We all want yeah. a big ministry or whatever, but you don't realize that a seed has to be sown first, has to be watered. Yeah. The ground has to be tilled. You have to pay attention to it. You have to do the work and then the harvest comes. Um, and harvest people aren't com- celebrating that either. No, yeah. And they're not mm-hmm. cheering you on for tilling the ground and planting the seeds because they're not watching the hard work. Right. right. Lisa, you were with me for, oh my gosh, a long time in ministry. I've been in ministry for a really long time. Jessica, you've been in ministry a long time. You and your Mm -hmm. husband just planted a church. What do you wish, let's just talk God for a second. What what do you wish someone would have told you about your relationship with God when you were younger? Lisa, I'll go to you. So I grew up in a very traditional church. My dad was pastor. I always felt a lot of pressure of people looking at me to be Mm. perfect and looking at our family to be perfect or to be, to meet a certain standard that they thought we should be. Mm. And to know that God accepts me for exactly who I am, but regardless of my imperfections, that he loves me exactly Mm. who I am. And then I think one of the biggest things that I've seen actually because of the relationship that I've been in with you and, and Eddie is that prayer changes things. I think I grew up with this idea of prayer being you know, your thankful prayer, which is important that we are thankful for God yeah. and, and to God for everything that he gives us on a daily basis. But to really see that prayer can make an impact on what happens in your life. We prayed for 15 years for the impossible, for us to have a family. We, we prayed for that. And we had friends and family and strangers that prayed for that. And I didn't know if it was ever going to change. I genuinely, as much as I saw prayer work for Like if I'm just going to use this autumn, I saw prayer work for you over and over again. And that's where my age and my immaturity, my jealousy would kick in. And I would be like, God, why is this working for her? But it won't work for me. Mm -hmm. Or I've had other people who are not necessarily believers come to me and say, well, you pray for this because I know that you're a Christian and God will hear your prayers, but he won't hear anything I have to say. But to know that that's not true. God hears Mm -hmm. us all. And he genuinely wants to hear from us. So to know what prayer can change. I mean, we've seen prayer change 
when the soundboard has gone off, you know, minutes before we're supposed to go on stage. Oh my gosh. I don't never want to relive that day ever. <laughs> you know, that was we've, horrible. Seen, we've seen prayer open up opportunity and change to exactly what God would have for us. Yeah. No storms and all those things that, you know, would stop our plan and our way of doing things. Prayer has changed. It. And, and more, yeah. I think most importantly, he's changed our hearts about it. Mm. And so that's been a huge thing. I think I've, I feel like I've learned. Jessica, what would you say about just what do you wish you would have gotten earlier in life just about your spiritual walk and your walk with the Lord? Well, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I didn't grow up traditional or anything. And I kind of wish after I met Jesus, I was so on fire. And I kind of wish the church wouldn't have took that away from me. I felt like religion and church and stuff like mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. slowly taken that fire that God gave me when I had a radical change with him and it's shut it up. It's mm-hmm. like quieting me up. It's like taking a little bit of that passion away. And so I wish that people wouldn't let the world shut them up. It wouldn't let them think they're too over the top and wouldn't, you know, be on fire for God, be on, you know, and, and church is not a bad thing. I'm not saying the church has done it, but it also, I think it, you know, it's just like any relationship, it gets common, yeah. you know, your relationship with God gets common. And I just would advise anybody to keep that relationship alive and exciting and seek the Lord and you will find him all the time, you know, yes. and I just want to do better at that, even in my forties. I love that. I would definitely say, don't be your own Pharisee. Yeah. We get caught up. I think when we're young, we, there is a comfort in, I'm going to read my Bible for 30 minutes every single day. I am going to pray for 7.5 minutes when I begin and 7.5 when I end. And then I'm going to do a Bible study daily with my husband. And then I'm going to pray over my children every single night. And then life comes in and none of that happens. And you judge yourself and you don't give yourself the grace that God willingly, freely gives you. I think this is a huge trap when we're younger that Satan gets us in. Just like what you were saying, Jessica, he snuffs out that fire with the rules of Mm. religion. He snuffs out that fire and he says, oh no, I'm going to get you so caught up in this hamster wheel of rules that you're not going to have your freedom in Christ anymore. And you won't even know I'm taking it away from you. That's a word for someone today. Come on. Um, (laughs) I I would highly, highly for you, you guys that are listening, do not become your own Pharisee. And if you don't know what that is, you get yourself in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because it will educate you on what religion is and, and the wickedness, the wickedness of the constraints of religion and how we need to fight against that because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's what the word of God says. That's what I would tell someone young today. Any last words on what I wish I would have known on my 40th birthday celebration? We've talked forever um, and said some really, really good stuff. Lisa, anything? In my 20s, life seems so long. You you think like 40 years old, that seems so far away. (laughs) But it really, life goes by so quickly. So I feel like don't waste your time on those things. Don't waste your time on the jealousy. Don't waste your time on the Pharisee of yourself. Don't snuff out what God has burned within you. Mm. Don't waste your time on all of those things. Focus on what God has for you. Focus on praying for what God has for your future and pray for the circle around you, that God would surround you with people who would Mm. encourage those things within you and would, that you would be able to encourage those within them. 
but quit oh, that's your so time. good. Don't <laughs> waste your time. That's right. Jessica, what, what, what would you say? What, what's your last word? Man, just enjoy the life that God has given you mm. and shift your perspective in every moment. And don't worry. Half the crap you're worrying about today will never happen tomorrow. Yeah, that's so it's true. just here to steal yeah. your joy. That's so true. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being on with me today. I know we get so Thank many you. questions from people. I mean, so many, so many. And I think this is going to help a lot of our listeners out. So thank you, Lisa. Thanks for being You're my welcome. friend for so long. Aww. Thank you for being and my Jessica, friend. And Jessica, thank you for being my friend for thank so you. long. See. I love you guys both so much. Mm-hmm. And thank you guys for listening. Listen, I'm going to be back next week. And I got a word about the number 40. And it's been burning in me for, you know, a really long time. So thank you guys for joining me. You can catch me next week on the Autumn Mile Show. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of The Autumn Miles Show. <laughs>